Welcome in, everybody, to the Chain Clankers Roundtable presented by Upper Park Disc Golf. Get the best disc golf bags this holiday season over at Upper Park Disc Golf and check us out using Clankers 10 as the promo code. Save yourself 10% and be swagged out on the disc golf course with the highest quality material bags available to you. Today, we have a very special episode. We've got two of our Eagle Club member Patreons joining us here today. We've got Brandon and Brian. Super excited to talk to them a little bit about Christmas ideas for disc golf as well as what are their goals this offseason and expectations going into the new year tournaments coming up. What are we going to decide we want to accomplish this year as well as we're going to have a little bit of pro tour talk at the end we are going to be discussing where do we think anthony barella will be signing as well as paid shoe those are two huge names right now that are free agents in the disc golf world and it always makes it a little bit more exciting to speculate let's go ahead and bring our two lovely guests onto the podcast today brian how are we doing man doing great how about you guys Doing absolutely fantastic. And Brandon, how are you doing, my man? Doing good. Thank you. Yeah, we are happy you guys. Well, first of all, we got to say thank you very much for the support. That definitely helps us out. Helped us bring one of this little bad boy on, which it's it's small, but it's mighty. Don't don't knock it. But uh, anyways, we got a new camera for the YouTube. It's just you're helping support us in uh, ways you guys don't even really realize on the back end, paying for editing software and all that. So we really help. We really appreciate the help and uh, can't wait to get talking disc golf with both of you guys. Yeah, so let's kind of start here. Brandon, how long have you been playing disc golf? What's your rating right now and what's your uh, top Christmas list item for disc golf? I've been playing since about 2017. Um, 8.53 last time I checked. Uh, I've been really getting into it once... Like I was really started getting into tournament play once COVID hit, like a lot of us did. <laughs> uh, my top thing for my Christmas list would more discs. <laughs> I mean, any disc golfer wants what, more. What discs. disc are you eyeing specifically? Uh, there's a couple from a company called Wild Discs. Some newer stuff that I haven't gotten to try out yet: the Addicts Reborn and a Premium Plastic Sea Otter. Love it. I don't even think I've heard of Wild Discs, and can't wait to get into uh, Brian's full turn, but we can wait a second for that. So, Brandon, you said you've been playing since about 2017. When did you really, really, really take off, like around COVID, kind of like you said, or have you just been playing all the time ever since? You yeah, I had been playing pretty regularly during, like, the fall and summer with my dad since then, but, like, once COVID hit and my school didn't have any, like, regulatory things that we had to do, I went out to the field, went out to the course almost every day, played, so. Heck, yeah. So, so, Wild, re, sorry, I should, I should probably know this, but Wild, what are the, Wild what discs? Can you say that again? Wild Discs is the company. Wild Discs. How where, where are they out of? Let's give them a little shout out. I want to, I want to kind of learn a little bit more about them real quick. They're out of Buffalo. Uh, they're a small okay. company. Uh, run by a guy named Kyle Nab and his wife Becky Nab. Uh, Cole Radolin actually aced on GK Pro with one of their discs. Okay. So if you watch the GK Pro skins match with Cole Radolin that he aced with a Sea Otter, that's that disc. Sweet. Love that. Gonna have to check them out. Yeah. Here's the. I actually had the baseline ones right here. 
I've been putting with them, trying nice. them out. Oh, nice. They have some cool stamps, too. I like it. Yeah. Name's cool. Stamps are they are cool. on OTB? Uh, they might be. I know Infinite has them. So. Nice. Cool. Brian, what's going on, man? Long time oh, no chat. Know. How are we doing? Yeah. Doing good. Doing good. Um, this was a good year for me. Uh, so, January, I will complete my second year of uh, playing this amazing, uh, addicting, uh, nice. enjoyable sport, uh, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, uh, this year was good. I played Ledgestone, um, MA3 division at Ledgestone with over 520 of us in the division. So, it was a really, really eye-opener and a great experience. I uh, Big time help grow the sport around here, and even with uh, some kids back home and stuff. So that was cool. Um, but yeah, rating rating's not the best. I don't. I'm not at 800 yet, but I'm I'm getting there. Uh, my goal is to to be over 800 by the end of next season. Looking at moving from uh, the rec division to uh, to playing MA40 and having that competitive side there. Um, but yeah. Heck yeah! Trying to think of a good Christmas gift. Um, I mean, I'll I'll plug these guys full turn. Uh, their discs are are by far some of the best. Um, they're out of uh, Missouri, down by Branson, Springfield area. Uh, if you're familiar with that spot, but yeah, great great company. Um, just got picked up on uh, their team for the front line uh, team that they have. So. Very nice. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. That's awesome that both of you guys have support from kind of some local. Brandon, did you say, are you in Buffalo also? Are you local with them? No, I'm not on their team, but there is uh, another shout out I'd like to make real quick. Inside the Circle Disc Golf. Yeah, go for it. They're a small clothing company out of Evansville, Indiana. Uh, I am actually super happy to be one of their like leaders in the community. So small company. Check them out on it on Instagram at Inside the Circle USA. Very nice. Yeah, both of you guys are repping. You got uh, Brian. You didn't even shout it out, but you're on Team Distot, so that's also exciting. oh yeah, yeah. In the hat. I, Yep, yep. I, I I give you guys credit for that. Um, you guys really turned me on to to Distots on your your end, and uh, uh, got a surprise email before I left out for Ledgestone in August, um, asking me to join their team. So. So yeah, that was really, really exciting, really, really tough that whole weekend to not just scream, uh, scream out to everybody that I got picked up for a sponsorship from, <laughs> from Distots before it could be released. But yeah, that was really, really exciting. Yeah, well, congrats, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Both of you guys are doing yeah. doing awesome stuff. I like you're both repping your teams, and then both of us look at us. We're just we're wearing Chiefs gear like we're on the Sad. team or something. I'm from <laughs> Iowa area, Sad. so. I don't care who wins. I just want Purdy to do well. So, okay. Shout out, Mr. Relevant. Shout out. Yeah, that guy's been an incredible story. Who would you say? I know I didn't plan this, but talking about Brock uh, uh, Purdy, uh, who would you say is the equivalent to you know Mr. or Mrs. Irrelevant in disc golf that kind of popped off and played really well in 2022? If you had to pick one name. Mm, that's difficult. Uh, I know his name was thrown around a little bit last year, but he didn't really like, he had a couple breakout performances, but I'd have to say Isaac Robinson. 
because he was up there a little bit towards the end of last year, but almost every single tournament this past year, you heard his name at some point. And I feel like he had not toured a whole no, lot he prior hadn't. to this year. That's why he was able to get Dang, Rookie of the Year. that's a really good one. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, just pick Rookie of the Year. No, I'm kidding. That was a good one, man. That was great. <laughs> um, man, that's a good question. Brian, who do you – who do you, you got anybody off the top I of think, your head? I think Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Uh, what was the title you gave him there, Q? Mrs. Uh, uh, just like, you know, irrelevant, irrelevant to irrelevant. Superstar. Yeah. I would say Dark Ace uh, sponsored uh, Hannah uh, Hune. She she really blew up. This was her first full year on the on the tour, and she, um, she, yeah, she really popped off. I got to see her personally play at uh, the Mid America Open here in Missouri. Nice. Uh, Heck yeah. She's going to be one of the name coming to you, Ryan. She's going to be one of those sleepers for next year. Definitely, uh, she's going to come out of nowhere and really tear the the circuit up. I think. I love that. That's, I hope so. That'd be that'd be fantastic. You kind of cut out. Can you re, re? Can you say her name again? I always I always feel like I butcher it. Uh, Hana Hune. Hana Hune. Yeah, I need to. I apologize. Hannah, Hannah. I always, like oh. I said, I always butcher her name. Yeah, but that's all right. Well, yeah. Hopefully, she comes out and just crushes. I think for me, I'm going to give a little shout out to. Um, a guy we had on our podcast, he didn't do anything crazy. I know he was on lead card, and he played really well. He didn't play all that many events, but I think Evan Smith was pretty solid for uh, for kind of like that Mr. Irrelevant kind of shows up, plays well, and then definitely, hopefully, yeah. and he's still in school and all that, kind of like we learned about in the podcast, so hopefully next year or whenever he goes full-time touring, he'll be out there just crushing. I was doing scorecards at Ledgestone, and I was happy to watch him. I did scorecard for him. Uh, during a Northwoods Black round, so super nice. nice guy. Oh yeah, he's great. So I think that's mine. Yeah, I think, I think if I had to go with one, I'm gonna go with Jake Hebenheimer, also a former podcast guest. Uh, I mean, this dude literally came out of absolute nowhere. He moved up over 80 spots, if not more, in the standings this past year. Uh, captured the hearts and souls of everybody with that interesting unique you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy what are you doing later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, uh, like cornhole style yeah, putt. Yeah. Horseshoe putt, as he called it. I I, I have to second that though. Uh, mm-hmm. Jake's a fellow mid-Missourian. He's part of the uh, Jeff City Disc Golf Club. I just hung out with his dad a couple weeks ago at one of our meetings and everything. And yeah, you were gonna you took the words out of my mouth on 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 who that the the mystery should be for sure. I don't know where Evan started out. I don't know how you saw that, but he's he's top almost. He almost broke top fifty, so that's pretty good for for. And then Hebenheimer, like you said, went up a ton. So heck yeah, those are some solid picks for everyone. And then obviously Isaac Robinson, and then, oh boy, I already forgot. I already, I already can't. I don't want to butcher the name either, and I'm having trouble remembering names because I'm bad at names. But and your pick, Hannah, no. <laughs> Hannah Hune. Hannah Hune. There we go. 
Okay, let's get into the next kind of subject here. You know, let's talk a little bit about goals for 2023, expectations. Brandon, why don't you kind of start us off? What are your main goals for the 2023 season? So, main goal, uh, break 900 rated. Uh, I've got everything that I need to do that. It's just putting it all together at the right times. Uh, and like getting a sponsorship for like a manufacturer would be awesome. Having inside the circle being a supporter of me has been really nice too, though. Uh, this off season, uh, I'm very lucky to live relatively close to Gannon Burr. So him and I are decent friends. And so hopefully I'll be working with him some more this off season, trying to improve both putting and my form. So. Well, that's a uh, nice little hookup to have right there. Not not only to be good buddies with him, but also, you know, he's the one of the best players in the world, and yeah. to maybe sneak a few rounds and get a few tips would be uh, be be pretty helpful. I couldn't imagine that would hurt anything. So, yeah, what are you what are you saying is your like most consistent uh, part of your game right now? Uh, yeah, that's funny because I never really have a fully consistent part of my game. Uh, <laughs> the most consistent uh, missing putts. Uh, no. Uh, oh, here you go. Same. Off the tee, <laughs> I'm pretty solid. Uh, it's I'm really consistent when it comes to throwing putters and approach discs. It was something that I always once I like started diving into disc golf, I really liked like throwing putters to work on my form. One of the first things Gannon saw was me throwing a putter. There you go. But. Throwing putters is really nice. I'm just trying to get my nose angle better for my drivers off the tee. But usually off the tee, I'm pretty consistent. Putting is where I struggle. Yeah, and I think that's definitely something that everyone... Nose angle is definitely the hardest thing. I know I'm still working on that. Sometimes I throw it great, and then it's probably one out of every like four or five. Mm -hmm. um, that's good. And then the other four or so, or just kind of not yeah. perfect, a little bit high, and they just kind of float and then stall out on me. So I've got nose the nose angle then... controlled, but the release angle is now the fun part, trying to dial it in, so I'm not throwing on spike hyzers every single throw. There you go. Yeah, that's awesome. Sounds like some awesome stuff to work on. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Apologize. Brian, what about you? What are you thinking for next year? Um... The big thing I want to work on is conditioning. You know, I'm the old guy on this on this podcast today. Uh, so, and I had some health issues back-wise leading into the season and then doing a lot of things to try to improve my back during the season and uh, uh, wrapped it up. The season got wrapped up with some uh, pretty, pretty uh, invasive stuff that got done, but it's uh, changed my back a lot, which is going to help me for the next – for 2023 so conditioning is going to be the big part and then just practicing um i'm this week putting together a, a workout and training section in my garage just so i can really get at it this off season so that, uh I, I want to be above 800 and shooting for 850 by the end of the season and stuff and really getting at it um and then dur during the actual season my goal is to uh focus on putting you know and and I know we all probably struggle with the uh, thing in between the uh, our ears, 
during a, a round and trying to stay out of that mindset and just focus on being more about the game and just I've gotten better at walking away when I have a bad bad shot or a bad throw and just laughing and just being like all right it happened and move on so yeah, that's a good shout. I mean, you want to keep disc golf as fun as you possibly can and just keep the thinking to me at an all-time low. Like yesterday I went out and played with my brother-in-law Horatio and I think I mean I shot the best round of my life yesterday and I probably wasn't thinking for the first 13 holes and then we come up to 14 he's like, "Damn. You're like number 2 on the leaderboard right now all-time at this course." And I said, Dang, that's crazy. And then proceeded to hit the sign 10, uh, probably 50 feet in front of the tee pad. I said, okay, great. Thanks, guy. You got me thinking. And so then it just was a little bit different the rest of the round. I was able to somehow save par with a 40-foot you know, step putt from there. But, uh, I mean, I, I think that's so smart. And one of the things that I've kind of been trying to work on recently, and this I'll, I'll go into my goals and then Trent, I'll, I'll, you can go after me maybe, is that, you know, I want to really, really work on the mental game. I think the mental game is the hardest part of disc golf because once you get into your head, it can completely change how you throw. It can change how you putt, all those kinds of things that are really important. So for me, one thing that I'm working on is just thinking less, just let it go off of vibes, having a smile, you know, Holly Hanley had talked about on the podcast that if you miss a putt, you know, how do you react? We talked about it in the bonus episode. Hopefully you guys were able to check that out is that, you know, when you're practicing your putting and you miss, how do you react? Are you taking it seriously, resetting and putting again, or are you just mad and throwing a fit or you don't really care? Like it, sometimes those bad shots, those missed shots are even better because you get a good rep of how to bounce back. I mean, think about how many times have you gotten a bogey and then the next hole's a bogey also, or you miss a putt for birdie and then you have a bad drive on the next tee pad. We've all done it. I've done it plenty of times. Heck, I'm more prone to do it when I get a birdie because I will let the mental side impact too much and it'll get too high and then a low is sure to come, just like how I hit that sign 50 feet off of the tee pad. So I really think that's something that I'm definitely trying to focus on uh, this year and kind of set that expectation that everything is okay and just don't pay attention to what others are doing. Just kind of focus on yourself, smile, have fun. Trent, what do you got? Yeah, so I'm kind of in the same boat as uh, Brandon. I'd like to break 900. I'm like just barely below it, I think, right now. But for me, I think it's going to be – I mean, I know when I'm playing consistently – as in how often I play and practice, I'm a lot better than when I play once every week or two. I mean, every every week's probably better, but lately it's been I've only been able to get out and play like once every two weeks just because of life and family and children and holidays and you name it. It's been going on. But um, So for me, I want to break 900. I want to play about five or six tournaments again. Uh, the Chain Clankers want to host a tournament or two in the local Wichita area, but... Outside of like that, um, personally, I think I am going to try to commit to practice putting at least every other day. And then I want to pick up, uh, we didn't talk about this, Quentin, because we, we skipped ourselves on the intro. But for Christmas, I want to get myself a throwing net to launch some discs in the garage or in the backyard or wherever so that I can 
work on my release and form and all the things we've been talking about so far. But for me, I think my goals for next year is to commit to practicing consistently, whether it's at the field, putting, whatever it might be. And then, I mean, like I said, I want to putt every other day, but that could technically be my practice, practicing consistency commitment. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's my goal for 2023. Can't wait. I'm um, really looking forward to crushing Quentin out there in the YouTube videos. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be great. it's gonna be awesome. That's funny, Trent. I just looked at your rating, and because when you said I want to break nine hundred, I was like, "What are you talking about? You're a nine. You're definitely over nine hundred. And then when I I was shocked that your rating was below nine hundred, and that mine is at a nine oh one because. I mean, I look at my rating detail right here, you know, I mean, this just kind of showcases the mental flaws that uh, can be improved. I mean, 966, 838, 897, 926, 845, 971, 847, 828, 902, 958, 940, 909, 933, 909, 833, 870, 915, 926, and 887. Like, are you kidding That's me? That's a hell of a roller I mean, country. Th- Oh yeah. What was <laughs> happening in 2022? I mean, up down, up down. I mean, cheese and rice. If you if I can just level that out and, and you, you know, eliminate the 838, eliminate the 845, the 828, you know, just take those out. I think that completely changes the season and how I feel about the season. So, man, I'm glad you said that, Trent, cuz that that really made me take a look and really kind of take that deep dive and just stresses how important that mental aspect is. Oh, I think we've all been there. Oh yeah. The uh the single round where you yeah, take take the like ten or something. Yeah. It wasn't that Those bad. Are fun. Playing well and then you hit a hole and go out of bounds six times. Yeah. Love when that happens. I did that uh let's see, what was the tournament? It was the keeper of the change last year, second round, I believe. Anyways, yeah, there was like a two sidewalks that basically made the the fairway was like essentially on a river. It wasn't a river, but like the two sidewalks sidewalks made it like a little island. And I launched one OB off the tee. I say launched, it didn't go very far. I threw it OB off the tee and then <laughs> and then my next shot, it was one of those beautiful ones where the the sidewalk like starts out to the right of the or the obese line starts out to the right of the tee pad and then the basket's over to the left but it kind of veers left and goes in front of the tee pad so i threw it out of bounds i threw it basically dead straight so i went out of bounds like 12 feet off the tee pad just straight in front of me and then i threw like what i thought would be a safe like forehand just to get over and left and it skipped and went ob and then i only was able to go like another 80 feet it was like a 400 foot hole i was only able to go like another 80 feet and then i think if I remember right, I took a harp and I did a little upshot and it like the wind caught it just right and it pushed left. So then I went OB on the left side of the hole. Oh man, that hole, it's a great hole, but I mean, it's a fun hole to throw, but I just got eaten up by that. Those are, those are fun when that happens. I think I was like for the tournament before that happened, I was in like top five and I think I went down to like 12th or something after that and ended up not even cashing. So but it's kind of how it goes sometimes. Welcome to disc golf, right? Oh, yeah. Say that again, Brian. I said that was me yesterday. I took a 12 oh. before OBs. Ooh. Oh, man. I'm sorry to bring that up so quick. It's okay. I took a 6 with, with right. no OBs before. 
So <laughs> on a par three, it was not fun. There you go. Six with no OBs. I lost a stroke to the guy in first who threw OB. There you go. Dang. Those are the fun that's, ones. That's brutal. 40-footer uphill yeah. headwind putt, banked the band, rolled down to a 50-footer. Oh, no. What'd you do on your? What'd you do on the next shot? Let's see. Let's see. What'd you learn from the hitting the band? If I was gonna make it, it was gonna be just over the basket, but it hit the pole and just settled. Okay. But then my putting okay. didn't feel comfortable for the entire rest of the round, so it went. So from, you still ran it? Eh, soft bid. Soft bid. Okay. Yeah. So why would you say your putting didn't feel as comfortable the rest of the round? It was just, for some reason, that high release into the headwind, I just kept second-guessing myself the entire rest of the round, because I had started in second place going into that second round, started on hole 12, went four for five, parked hole 18, took a stroke, so now I'm going into hole one with a only about a three-stroke deficit to first place. He throws OB, I throw a shot in the fairway. I have an upshot that goes nowhere. <laughs> and then had that 40-footer. Then the entire rest of the round, I just kept second-guessing my releases for my putts. But I still stayed in second for that. But So during that, you stayed in second place for that tournament? Yeah. I had like a, so, after that four for five, I had like a five-stroke difference on third. Oh, there you go. So what was your, so, so I kind of want to dig into this a little bit, Quentin, hopefully that's all right. So what was your like mindset when you, so you started second guessing your release and your putt. So what were you doing or did you change anything on your approach shots or your drives or anything, or did you just keep playing and hope for the best? I kind of just kept playing and hoping for the best because, uh, my drives, are, were good that day. They just weren't consistent enough to be like, okay, this is what I need to change. I need to aim here. But my approach shots, I'm usually leaving myself 15 footers because that's usually my comfort zone. But just any time I went to get settled for my putt, it just, I didn't feel right. Right. And I guess where I was kind of going with that was if like, like sometimes I've had this happen in a round where my first like two putts, well, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast. If mm-hmm. you don't, ma- if I don't make my first one, for some reason I get in my own head. Yeah. If I do make my first one, I play pretty well, basically the whole round. But I've had a, a tournament round where um, I had the same thing kind of happen. It wasn't an uphill basket or anything. I just wasn't trusting my putt, and I, th- I decided to make. I, I think I played like three or four holes, hoping that I would figure it out, and then I just accepted defeat. Kind of took my took my medicine and just started laying up if I Mm -hmm. was outside. Like if it was a risky putt at all, I would just give myself a little tap in and it ended up like playing for par is essentially what I was trying to do with that. Right. Um, giving myself little tap ins just to eliminate Mm -hmm. silly mistakes and extra strokes. But I was just curious if you kind of did something like that or if you even thought about it or the guy in first was really surprised when he got to hole 18 because he looked at my rating. This was in October. I was 828 rated at that time. And I had just gone four for five. And he yeah. looked at my rating. He goes, you're only 828. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and you say, sometimes uh, a dog finds a bone. 
Yeah. And, and then going. he threw a he threw a drive that leaked off really hard left on 18, and then I just parked it, turned around, and I said, sorry to do this to you, but let's go. There you go. Him and I okay. were, since we were so far ahead of everybody else, it was kind of just like a friendly competition between the between the two of us. Right. It felt like the Eagle and Paul situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just nice. crushing full turns, or full tilts, full turns. Look full at that. Turn. Shout out. Crushing full tilts uh, upside down. Were you able to play more freely knowing that you had such a comfortable lead on third place, like knowing that, okay, well, I know this wasn't really good, but I'm not necessarily in danger. It just means I'm not going to get the win. Like, did that allow you to take pressure off of yourself or was it, no, I'm trying to hunt for the win and I'm, I'm not, I'm frustrated because I'm not catching up. So after a couple of holes after that, like that missed putt, when I started leaking strokes back to first, it only leaked back to another, to a five stroke lead. So it wasn't like I messed up terribly, but uh, once I only had about four holes left and I realized I wasn't going to be able to catch up to him because we were going into either their birdie holes or you par them is basically what they were. There was really no chance for stroke separation. I started looking at the le- the difference between me and sec- me and third, and at that point it was about like a two-stroke difference, so I just made sure I took a birdie here or there. And I think I ended up finishing, I think I finished three strokes ahead of third at the end of the tournament. But it was more so, So, I felt like I was kind of like the Kevin Jones in European Championship situation. It's like, I don't have a chance mm -hmm. at winning, but this is my best possible place. I'm going to hold on to this. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So are you a score watcher? Like during your tournament rounds, do you watch your score comparatively to everyone else's score? Like, are you following the leaderboard during your round? Uh, depends on how I've been feeling during the day. Sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. Uh, it just depends on like, if I'm really focused in, I prefer to just not even touch my phone unless it's to change the song. I'll put an earbud in and just stay in my zone and talk with my card mates, but I won't really look at the score until it's like two or three holes left in a round. Then I'll, then I might check it out. But Brian, are you a score watcher? I used to be more so, but now with the new PDGA app, it you don't have that easy access to the scoreboard. So it's, it kind of keeps me in check on not caring as much. Have you seen any improvement in your – just curious. If you, have you seen any improvement in your game since you haven't been looking at scores during tournament rounds? I think there's a little bit more um, because then it's not getting in my head where I'm like, oh, wow, I'm sitting in you know 12th place right now, and I've got a chance to climb, and instead I stumble. And now it's – I know I, – I typically am one of the ones that keeps score for the card, so I know what the card's doing, but – it still doesn't tell me where, you know, where I'm at and where mm-hmm, they're yeah. even at. Um, you know, it's – one of my goals, you know, I talked about was the mental game of it. And one of that is next year to not care about score. I may not even offer to keep score as much next year just to – because in the end, it, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. You still have to play your round. Yeah, and I think – that might, I mean, that might be a solid approach too if you're overthinking it a little bit too, just – 
stop taking score and just hopefully and just play play golf and have fun i mean at least stop taking score for everybody else you're probably still taking score for yourself right always yeah. take score for yourself mm-hmm. right. yeah I so disc right so if you're i know quentin hates i shouldn't say hate despises keeping score. you won't even offer That's, to keep yeah score at there we go no, I don't. So, I will be completely honest. I don't offer to keep score in tournaments. I just, they're like, hey, who wants to keep score? I'm sorry. I just kind of like walk away. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not walk away, but I'm just like, nah, I would really not like to. Thank you very much. I'm the guy that says I prefer not to my, and I will if I need to. Yeah. Yeah. My thing is with my with my watch, I can keep a U-Disc card on my watch like it's nothing. I don't have to constantly pull my phone out. I'm not killing my battery, blah, 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 blah. So I don't want to do that. So I'll just keep my score. Or maybe I'll keep, you know, a secondary card or whatever on U-Disc on my watch just to make it super easy. Uh, but, yeah, I you got me, Trent. You have exposed me. I don't like keeping score. <laughs> So, but yeah, I think that's like a great way to, I mean, if you're worried about what everybody else is doing, that's a fantastic way to stop because all you're doing is keeping the score for yourself and you're focusing on your own round and while having fun and communicating with your card mates, you know? So, um, I think, oh, I had something before I, have I something derailed. If... I de- Oh, I had something I was going to bring up, but yeah, go ahead. Um, just uh, kind of, you know, talking about score and keeping it and all that stuff, it kind of makes me think a little bit about expectations. Like, do you guys go into holes and are expecting a certain score on that hole? Like, let's say, you know, it's a course you've practiced and you birdie it half of the time. If you are in a situation and now a tournament that you don't birdie it, does that ever impact your mental game at all? Depends. That's definitely from my end. How so? Let's explore the topic. I think, you know, I I think the biggest thing is if you go out and play around with your buddies and you shoot a birdie on that hole or you par it, it, it tournament tournament rounds are a lot different because it's a mental it's a mental round now. It, it's a round that that matters, even if it's just a ice you know uh, charity ice bowl with no impact on on your rating, you still know it's still going to have a different play. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. On on your mind than, than that round, if you were just out throwing with the guys. Yeah, for sure. For me, it's just, like, there's a lot of holes that my, uh, I've got a bunch of home courses, technically. I play, like, five in my area that are all within, like, 20 minutes. But the majority of them, it's like, okay, if I don't get the birdie here, I want to at least take the par. And then if I don't take the par, that's when I start getting a little bit more upset at myself on it. Yeah. um, Yeah, we've kind of talked about this a little bit where you – when we were talking about it before, we talked about, like, practice rounds before the tournament being helpful or hurting you just because, like – if you go do a practice round and you birdie the, you know, birdie hole one, par par, 
birdie hole four and you don't start out like that in the tournament you just mentally get in your own head and you're like man yesterday or thursday i literally was crushing this and now i'm three over like what the heck and then your whole round just goes out the window in those situations so that is definitely i mean i know a lot of people comment down below actually if you're watching this on youtube let us know your thoughts on kind of the mental struggle of tournament rounds versus uh just you know just your regular rounds with your friends let us know if you worry about how you're playing based off of how you did play that hole normally if it affects you when you're throwing in the tournament or anything just let us know down in the comments we'd love to hear from you but for me it's definitely harder when i do really well like at oak park for example the first five holes you should birdie probably two if not three of them and every tournament i maybe get one and it's it it always just bothers me so i got to figure that out on my end as well i think something well, we forget I think too is back... the conditions you know are yeah. you going out yeah. and playing that course at five o'clock in the afternoon where you're more awake or are you playing it at nine o'clock in the morning because that's the tea time for the for the right. tournament you know are you you know is, is the weather the same is you know even <laughs> humidity is you know so there's so many things that could impact that round that you know we forget about instead of caring about like all right on this hole i would throw a hades every time today should you be throwing a Hades because of the weather or because of how you feel or because, you know, did you even eat correctly before you went out and played? Are you drinking water? You know, right. I, I think, uh, one of the things I took away from the last time we had a podcast, uh, round table was Craig pointed out, you should give yourself a number of errors that you're allowed to have that day. Mm -hmm. And then that way you stay out of, you stay out, <clears throat> excuse me, from between your ears because you're like, okay, I'm allowing myself 15 screw ups today. And it's something that I haven't practiced since we had had that round table, but I think it's something I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to try to focus more on next year. It's like, all right, I know on this course I suck on these holes. So what should I, what can I allow myself to have mm -hmm. mistakes and still grow mm -hmm. and do well? Right. Yeah, I think that's a great that's, that's a great show. Yeah, I mean that's really interesting because I, I now that you say that you know I do kind of recall that and and it kind of brings me to a situation yesterday when I was playing on oh Trenton what hole is that fourteen the one that's behind the baseball diamond at Park City With I think it's fourteen or the one with uh, dog yeah. leg right uh it has the like mando line of trees yeah i think that's 14 so some okay so you, you have an idea at least of what i'm talking about so for you guys pretty much what this hole is um i let me just look up on you disc just real quick what the distance is on this it's sector. basically you have a tunnel um, shot ob left ob right and it's like very gradually uphill but it definitely is uphill and then you go you have to throw i am talking about the right hole right quentin I think you have to no, throw. No, it's not uphill. Yes, it is. The one with the Mando, with the island. The no. yes, it is. The like peninsula. Play, yeah. Next time you play, go walk. You'll notice. If it's it. uphill, it's, it's not noticeable. It's very gradual, but it is. There's a difference. It's. You'd be surprised okay, how easy bit. it is to be an uphill hole. Yeah, it's it's it is. You're it, it's just like the the slightest uphill grade. 
But it definitely is, and I feel like yeah. that's why it's harder than it should be. We have a couple opinion. of holes like that in the Des Moines area. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. I mean, like you're saying, it's a very difficult hole, right? Because you have the OB line. I mean, what? You've got 30 feet maybe across that the tunnel, probably closer right. to 20, 15 maybe. The big evergreen because you have the, the OB. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you have the OB fence line. And then, and it's a barbed wire fence, so it's not like you, it's not a chain link to where you'll get bailed out. If you're going towards the OB, you're going to go OB. The other side, you have the tree line, which on the other side of that is the out of bounds. And so just getting through this gap is quite difficult. And normally, I mean, you'll see us take three or four OB strokes combined on there just because it's hard to get out of that tunnel. And yesterday, I mean, I think we both got out of it easily just by pitching up a little putter approach shot and moving up 100 feet. And then from there, okay, now you might have a more difficult approach distance-wise, but you're not out of bounds. It just kind of made me think about what you were talking about, Brian, that, you know, you allow yourself these mess-ups. You know, maybe you allow yourself, hey, I'm going to lay up here. Maybe I take a bogey, but I'm stopping myself from taking a double, triple bogey. I'm stopping myself from taking myself out of contention in this tournament. And so, yeah, I just think that's a really interesting thing that maybe we should hold one or two of those in our back pocket around and be like, you know what? This is going to be very difficult. Maybe I, like we were talking about a little bit earlier, Brandon, maybe my release isn't feeling as good anymore. So I'm not going to try to force something that's going to be extra difficult. I am just going to lay up, play it safe. Maybe I take a bogey. Maybe I lay up that 30-footer, that 20-footer because there's OB on the other side. And I take a bogey instead of taking a double, triple, quadruple, ruining my round, ruining my mental state. Uh, that's just, yeah, something that I, I thought I thought that was a fantastic shout, Brian. Craig for the win. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Shout out to Craig. Okay, guys. We are getting a little close to time. I want to get to our last topic before we get out of here. So disc golf is always interesting when we have big signings, moves, player contracts. And we've got a couple of them right now at the time of recording this on December 18th at 2.22 p.m. Anthony Barella and Paige Shu remain free agents. So these are the two that we are going to be predicting on this episode. Where will they be signing? We've got two very long-term players with their old sponsors, Dynamic Discs and Innova. Both of these guys and gals are leaving after many, many years with them. Trenton, hit me. What do you think is going to happen with Paige Shu and Anthony Barella? I'm going to go with Paige Shu is going to go to Innova. Um, I think they have one of the better, uh, FPO teams and they're definitely looking for players in my opinion, um, to continue to add to that. They always are. They're, they're the, if not the biggest brand in the world, they're second or third biggest brand in the world. There's no reason to, um, not add to the team. Right. And I think. On the men's side, or AB, Anthony Barella's side, I think he is going to go to Discraft, and I think that's because they keep snatching all the top-level talent. Think about last year. they got Well, two, however many years ago Paul went there. Last year they got Dickerson, which I did not expect that to happen. And Anthony Barella's right up there probably when he's feeling good, top 10, top 5 in the world, and Innova needs their, their big – or I'm sorry, Discraft – Jeez, look at me. I'm struggling. 
Discraft wants to continue to add to their all-star roster. I think Barilla's going Discraft. Brandon, what do you got? So, uh, starting off with the AB situation, uh, it's kind of, I feel like for me, what I'm thinking is a little bit of dependent on what happens with other companies this year. Because I know uh, Prodigy has a few free agents this year uh, who haven't really announced anything. Uh, but I've been looking at it. There's not really a whole lot of like big holes that are being like left by companies for this year. There's not a whole ton of them. If there are, they've already been re-signed, like Calvin and Kyle. Um, this could just be the inner Prodigy fan of mine, but I feel like AB could be going there, going to Prodigy, just because he, if you look at a lot of them, throw really far, they putt decently, and when AB's putt is on, he's right up there with the top people. And Trent, I hate to do this to you, but I don't think he's going Discraft just because he's he's been called Mini Paul for so long. I don't oh, think yeah, he wants to go point. and live in Paul's shadow again. But he could also go and overcome and take power and get mm. rid of the nickname. It's going to be really hard to overtake Paul. <laughs> yes, but I with, would agree with that. With Paige Shoe, uh, this is something I'd, I, I've been thinking about this ever since she announced it. Um, if you look at like who, who has FPO teams and who doesn't, or like a solid FPO team. One of the things that comes to mind is you look at it. Prodigy isn't ever up there in the FPO. They had Heather Young. She announced that she's taking a break from disc golf. Doesn't know if she'll return. And if she does, she doesn't know when. Loke Lawrenson is not that top level player. She's a good player. Don't get me wrong. She's just not that top level. So I feel like Prodigy might be looking into Paige just because they, they're they pretty solid on the MPO side uh, just because they have some really good players there. But I feel like Prodigy would be a good fit for her just because she putts really well. Uh, I can see her throwing some Prodigy plastic. Other places that come to mind would be like uh, maybe MVP. That's one that comes to mind. Where once again, like, they might just be trying to stack their FPO team to get some more like top level players. But yeah, that's just my thoughts on it. For AB, I got to actually see him personally play. I was his scorekeeper when he came through and played the Mid American Open uh, in August, and seeing the power behind him, you know, I could see end of you know end of a plastic not being the plastic that may support his his abilities i mean without even trying he can just rip a shot out of nowhere um i was leaning more towards i think he'd be a great candidate for mvp i think he would look really good with mvp plastic um discraft you know i was thinking discraft too um but i totally forgot about the uh the nickname that he yeah. he's lived in the shadows of um so i you know that could that could hurt that ability but at the same time i feel like their plastic would complement his his power very well as well um page i think anywhere she goes would be a great uh a great addition to the team um but i think i think Enova would be a good good complement for her 
and you know Enema's team is pretty their FPO team is pretty pretty good um one of those uh sleeper teams I feel like because you know there's names on there that you you know you hear all the time there's names that you don't hear all the time but they all kind of complement each other and I think I think she would be a good fit but I think anybody can can get her uh her signature on a contract for next season would be would be a great asset to their team yeah you guys have not made this easy to come up with Names that have not been said already for this. So, okay, so some honorable mentions for AB. I like Discraft. I think that's the first one that I was on. I think Disc uh, Mania is also a good one because he is a crusher mm. and a crush boy could be coming to town. That's a good one. I've also heard MVP and I don't hate it. Outside of James Conrad, Raven Newsom, you know, they, they could use a little upgrade there. But I'm going to go very contrarian, and I'm going to go very out of the box. And I'm going to say Lone Star Discs signs Anthony Barella. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the hot and spicy take because, you know, this is an organization that has signed over 700 other players so far. Their only other really big notable names are Chandler Kramer and Nico LaCastro, who will be on the podcast next week. Make sure you guys subscribe now so you don't miss that episode. I mean, it just kind of makes sense. I mean, if, if AB is looking for a bucket full of money, that is the place to go get said bucket full of money. I mean, they are going to be throwing every resource at him if they want to. You know, I guarantee they have Nico LaCastro on a very team-friendly deal right now. Chandler Kramer probably isn't getting a massive bag from them, so if they have any cash and they want an investment, I think Anthony Barella is going to be their man. I mean, that autumn, that shoots them up the ladder, and there you hear Lone Star every single weekend from there on mm -hmm. out. And I think there's going to be the presenting sponsor of a Silver Series this year, if I'm correct. Yeah. So, I mean, they're making moves. It just makes sense for them to pick him up. Now, Paige Shu. when I think about Paige Shu, I'm like, okay, she hasn't really played the last couple of years. It was really surprising that she decided to leave Dynamic Discs. I don't feel as though Innova will throw enough money her way to make her come over. And I really like the Prodigy shout-out. That's a, that's a good one. I can really see that one. But again, to be different from everyone, I am going to say Discmania because I don't really see them having much of a strong FPO team right now. And if they want to... You know, this is a world champion. This is a very good disc golfer. And if she's going to be touring full time and if she's coming back, I don't know why Discmania wouldn't want to take a chance on that. And I think that she could be in a position to where they would be willing to throw money at her, especially if they lose out on the Anthony Barella sweepstakes. They'll have extra money for her. And we don't see a lot of other free agents, right? You know, last year at this point, or maybe we were pretty close to it, Chris Dickerson was a free agent all of a sudden. Ricky Wysocki was a free agent all of a sudden. Haley King was a free agent. Drew Gibson, you know, there were a ton of free agents on the market. So maybe, you know, now that I mentioned Drew Gibson, I'll just throw it out on the podcast. Maybe both of them decide to be open bag players, go to OTB or Infinite. I don't know if that'll happen. 
I still like my kind of wacky predictions. But I would love to hear you guys in the comments. Comment down below. Where do you think Anthony Barella signs? Where do you think Paige Shoe signs? We would love to hear your guys' thoughts and opinions over there. We are going to sign off out of here. Let's give some closing remarks. Brandon, anything else that you want to share or anything? You know, Where can people follow your disc golf journey at? Uh, right now, I'm really only on Instagram for disc golf at skewed underscore reality four. But that's just, that's just my all around Instagram. I'm posting everything I do really on there, but go check out for sure. Wild discs, great company. I'm not even sponsored by them and I just love shouting them out, <laughs> but inside go. the circle awesome. USA as well, go check them out. They might still have some stuff. They don't keep stock on a lot of things, but I think they do. They might still have a few things. So, heck yeah, cool, Brian. What about yourself, man? Um, if you guys need to follow me or want to follow me, look for me on Instagram, BP Disc Golf and Dad. I gotta get you uh, Trenton and Quentin T-shirts here soon. So heck yeah, um, hit, I'll hit you guys up. But yeah, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, YouTube. My YouTube's not as strong, but I need to. I'll be stepping it up this year or this coming year. Uh, shout out to my amazing sponsor this year. I never thought I'd have a sponsor uh, in disc golf and to get picked up by Distot. Uh, and also for my sponsor for next year, Full Turn, go check them out. Uh, both are great companies and and just they've helped grow the sport in their area and everything. So. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thank you for your support over on Patreon. If you, the listener, want to join us on the next roundtable, make sure you head over to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash chainclankers. Get signed up for that Eagle or Ace Club member. You also get an extra bonus podcast weekly, among other amazing things, like our boy Brian has on screen. If you're watching on YouTube, you got the hat. So make sure you go over there, check it out. We highly appreciate your support. It allows us to do things, make the product better. And, you know, like we've talked before, I think it was on last week's bonus. You know, we want to be able to bring an editor on. We want to be able to do other things. So your guys' support over there is highly, highly appreciated. For Trent, I'm Quint. Thank you guys for listening to the Chain Clankers Disc Golf Podcast. And we will see you guys next week. Peace.